Watch this. Hello, my beautiful people. It's been a wonderful year doing the original cast, and I wanted to kick off 2017 with something a little different. The show is starting to grow very slowly, and I'd like to grow it a little bit faster. But to do that, I need your help. One of the best ways to get the word out about the original cast is through iTunes. And the way that a show moves up and down the iTunes rankings, aside from subscriptions and downloads, is ratings and reviews. Not many people realize exactly how important rating and reviewing a podcast you enjoy is to that podcast's success. And really, it couldn't be easier. It takes about five seconds. You click on a show, you go to the iTunes store, you give it five stars, you write a little sentence or two, and you're done. So I'd like to make a deal with you. From now until I get tired of it, anyone who gives the original cast five stars and writes a review entitles themselves to five seconds on this podcast. If you want to plug your show, if you want to plug your Twitter account, if you want to plug anything at all, send me an email with your iTunes username so that I can verify you actually did this, and the five seconds of text you want me to read. How long is five seconds, you ask? Well, it's about 15 to 20 words. So let's stretch it to 30. I will say 30 words. I'll be willing to read some things pretty fast, but anything longer than 30 words and I'm just going to have to cut you off. Which can be funny too. I of course will exercise total editorial discretion. I will not say anything appropriate, defaming and or just plain ugly on this podcast. But if you give me five stars and write a review, I will give you five seconds on the air. No questions asked. Well, several questions asked, but you know, reasonable questions all. So again, go to iTunes. Give the original cast five stars, write a review, send me an email with your iTunes username in it and the five seconds of text you want me to say, and I will read it during this podcast. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications at American University. And each episode we have somebody from the theater who you'd see on stage, backstage, or in the house to discuss an original cast album they love. And today we're joined by actor and company manager, Jensen Clifford. Hello. Hi, Jensen. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. Wonderful to finally meet you. <laughs> you got in touch with me in... In, I think it was like August? August? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say August. I found my tour schedule. So I work with the National Tour of How the Grinch Stole Christmas the Musical. I got the schedule. I was working in the office, getting things all prepared as the assistant company manager for the tour. Right. And saw DC was on there. And I think an episode came up that same day. I was working on a Wednesday. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I can see if I can be on. Yes, you can. And so here I and am. you did. You I'm were the very excited. first piece. I think you emailed the email address. You were probably the first person to do that. <laughs> and you chose? I chose Book of Mormon. Hello. Hello. My name is Elder Cunningham. I have spent the first uh, uh, 30 years of my life um, as a very active member of the Mormon Church. Right. And so, yeah, I, I figure inside, I, yeah. I culturally, as as both a Mormon and as a giant Broadway nerd, this was, I don't know, I figured it was a really, you'd have an interesting perspective on sure, the Sure, I thought sure. so. That, that was my, yeah, yeah. was my, uh, my, my assumption. And so how did Book of Mormon come into your, uh, your life? Um, I had heard about it just... Being the nerd and catching up on it, you know, Playbill.com every single day. Mm. And I heard that this musical was in existence. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm really nervous. But the guys behind South Park are doing it. And they've done Mormon stuff before on South Park. 
which has always been really funny. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they do it so good, but like a whole musical about it. And oh, okay, it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be a giant flop. Like it's one of those. And I was working at a dinner theater at the time. And a friend of mine named Clinton, who is currently the swing for Book of Mormon. Oh, okay. Um, weirdly enough, he said, I saw the show in New York right before he left to go do this dinner theater gig that we were working at. Yeah, Susical the Musical. And he brought the cast album and he was like you have to hear this it's hilarious and i heard hello and i was like oh wow oh my gosh yes from the jump the show this is it's one of the most brilliant opening numbers oh yeah truly it's a perfect opening number yeah and i heard that i was like oh this is really really good (laughs) and we got to and the great thing about the show is it does a really good job of being like hello into two by two and then you and me and you're like oh my gosh this is really funny and then they go into hasadiga and you're like oh yeah Oh, gets, there's the left turn. It gets a turn. little next level. Yeah. There's the left turn. And so that's when we were like, oh, okay. We're like, we're, that's what I, honestly, after that one, we were, at, we were like hanging out and I heard that song and I was like, okay, cool. Like we're, let's go on to something else. Cause that right. was a lot to take in at the time. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah, but it was, but still I was like, I really need to see this. So I eventually moved to New York um, just a few months after that, mm-hmm. after they had won their Tonys. I moved to New York and I was able to actually see one of the final performances of the original cast. Oh, wow. Which was really cool. That's good, yeah. So, yeah, a friend of mine who, he won the lottery. The person he was going to go with wound up backing out. He put on Facebook, I have this extra ticket if anyone wants it. And I was the first one to respond. And right. he was like, he's like, okay, if you want to, you're more than welcome. <laughs> and so I did. And during Hasadiga, I was kind of like, okay, like, I get it. Like, it's funny. It's done in a really clever way. Mm-hmm. And by the end of Act 1, I was like, well, it's not that bad. And then we got to American Moses. Yeah. And I was like, and I should, I remember just shaking my head and looking at the ground. And not just because it was like horribly offensive or whatever, but because it was, they were getting away with it on a Broadway stage. Mm-hmm. They were getting away with this and the audience was rolling and rave reviews and Tony Awards have already given out by this point. And just, I, my jaw was on the ground. I couldn't believe <laughs> they were getting away with this stuff on stage. It was ridiculous. They really, I, I, it is... Yeah, it's a masterclass in gentle progression of a joke. Yeah. Where they don't open with, I have maggots in my scrotum. That comes, <laughs> but they build to that. They build yeah. to these moments that are where it goes completely nuts. Yeah. So they, like you say, they have a great opening number that's kind of funny, and then two by two is funny. And it, they're all funny in very traditional character ways. Mm-hmm. And then it, it takes this huge leap forward with Hasadiga Ibaway, and then immediately kind of backs off it, though, and goes yeah. back to being more character piece. So when they do things like um, uh, telling people to have sex with frogs and things, like, it, it's, yeah. it's, 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 he's, they've built you to that. It hasn't, like, it doesn't start there. Yeah. It really is very aware of, like, we're going to do some offensive in-your-face stuff, but mm-hmm. we're totally going to earn it. We're not yeah. going to, like, yeah, we're not going to throw your face about it. We're exactly. going to really be intelligent about it and they and that's the thing is they are smart about it and like all south park episodes where they start normal left turn into crazy town and then they bring it back to Mm -hmm. like here's what we're actually trying to say it's very grounded and then it's grounded and you're like oh my gosh this this shows a really great message like yeah i hate to admit it but it really does (laughs) it really it was funny after so after moving to new york before i had seen the show because it had been about six to eight months before i had actually seen the show Mm. um i was very active in my church there in brooklyn uh where i was living and once a week, somebody brought up Book of Mormon, the musical, in a discussion, in a talk at church, in whatever, in a very positive way. It was able to start so many conversations in New York. It was really mm-hmm. interesting. People have come to the church because of 
because of this musical. Well, they the, hear about it and they say, oh, my friend saw this or I was able to see this. Is this true? Is that true? What's going right. on here? And so it started all these conversations in a really good kind of way. Yeah. I know. It was really interesting. Well, because it's not a musical about how Mormons are crazy. No. It's a musical about belief. Ex- exactly. And that is something everyone has in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it just uses it uses Mormonism as a springboard. Yeah. But it is really about faith and about belief. It's and about it, faith and belief and and truly any religion taken out of context sounds pretty wacky. Oh yeah. Like and and Mormons like once after really looking at it, we're like, we go along with some <laughs> stuff, don't we? Like I heard my mom listen to some stuff and she's like, huh, I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, when do. you say things, yeah, it's, it's when you when you say things in a row like that, sometimes yeah. it can bet, yeah, it can get in, into your. But I thought the Mormon Church was really smart, also though, in mm-hmm. advertising things like oh. you've seen the show, now read, read the book. book, yeah. And I thought genius. That's absolutely well. Everyone was afraid there's going to be picket lines and like protesters. And honestly, the that isn't really the Mormon way. That's though, not is our it? way. We yeah. don't care that much. Like right. you know what, make fun of us, cool. We'll still be doing our thing. So right. you do yours, we'll do ours. Yeah, great. Yeah, see, I was raised Catholic, which is a, we would have been protesting the whole time. That's our thing. Our thing is we love to be oppressed. Yeah. Um, really big on that. So could you give, uh, for people who don't, I think most people know it, but let's mm-hmm. see. Can you give a, a synopsis of the Book of Mormon? Um, so synopsis of Book of Mormon, um, Elder Price and Elder Cunningham are in the MTC, uh, which is the Missionary Training Center, mm-hmm. where you learn to become a missionary. They find out that they're going to Uganda and that they're going to be um, mission companions for the entire two years. Um so they go to Uganda, they wind up, you know, there's an evil general there who's trying to, like, circumcise all the women and kill everybody. And Elder Price winds up kind of waning off because it's not going his way. Um, Elder Cunningham kind of steps up, and but he starts making things up all the time. Right. And he starts adding in Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. For good reason. For good reason. Trying to, trying to do well, he is making things He's up. always yeah. trying to help the people, and he does it in the, you know, just trying to help them. And... Eventually, they he winds up baptizing all the people in Uganda, um, or, the, or all everyone in this tribe, and then the they decide to put on a play of everything they have learned. Mm-hmm. And then the mission president is there, who's like kind of the boss of all the missionaries. Right. He sees the completely blasphemous yes. like piece of work that is put upon him, and everyone gets kicked out. Because of that, then they all kind of realize, like, oh, we're actually just teaching good things and doing good things, so we're just going to be great missionaries anyway and help these people. Right. And all kind of and stay in Uganda. And, and stay in Uganda right. and help the people and has a little happy little bow on the right. at, on the end. Where they form their church around Exactly, Elder around the, the Book of Arnold. The Book of at Arnold. The very, very right, end. The it's like the Arnold. final joke of the show. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But, well, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> I don't think this is the kind of show you really can spoil. Yes. So... Are you still active in the in the Mormon I church? I am not actually. Okay. Um, so a little over a year ago, the church came out with a policy um, that stated anyone in a same sex marriage would become an apostate to the church. Apostate means someone who is um, actively against the church. Mm. And I was almost okay with that. I was like, oh, all right, cool. Like I'll wear my little scarlet letter and still show up every week. Right. Um, and then they said any children resulting in those unions, the children were not allowed to be baptized unless they were over eighteen out of their parents' house and disavow their parents' relationship. Hmm. And that, to me, is what crossed the line. Okay. Um, and being someone whose goal is to be in a same-sex marriage um, was like, oh, cool. I, I I can't go back. So you, too, just to clarify, Lisa, so you, you were okay with the apostate status because that was your own personal... Exactly. ...your thing. It was exactly. going to be like, yeah. But, like, don't punish these children that right. have no choice yeah. of whether or not I choose them. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I have to choose them. To be right. part of my family, and then they're immediately like damned or whatever yes. because of nothing they have the, to do. Right. Um, exactly right. 
So, yeah. And I have um, LGBT, uh, openly LGBT friends who still go every week Hmm. and still support and more power to them. And maybe one day I'll get there. And maybe one day the church will change their policy. Well, I, in 1978, they changed their mind in, about black people. Exactly. So. That is uh, that is a fact. And so it's possible in 2000-whatever, they will change their mind about right. the LGBT I should say God community. changed his mind about black people, yes. to, to be entirely yes. honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, currently, I am no longer active. I still find myself very culturally Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, still have a strong belief with me and my Heavenly Father. And mm-hmm. that's what's most important to me. And that's what I continue to strengthen on my own now. I'm kind of doing like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to... I'm officially going to, like, pick and choose what I want to learn. Sure. For this. So. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of where I am on that. All right. And though I still, I completely respect the church. When I go home and visit my parents, I go with them to church Mm -hmm. out of respect. And I have the utmost respect for it. And I also don't attend. I want to dig into this a little bit. The the idea of Mormonism portrayal in media and in theater specifically, the only other significant piece of theater I can think of Mm -hmm. that dealt with being Mormon at all was angels in america yeah is that is that an accurate that is there anything is, else I, that sticks out in your mind i are there i could be wrong i think there's mormons in paint your wagon oh probably i think so don't i don't know that everyone I've very well to... but i remember my grandma once was like you know there's mormons in paint your wagon um <laughs> that's my impression of my grandma I'm a Grammy to be specific. No, it's just it's, um, but it's I it's think paint so. Your wagon, but, but paint your wagon of all the of all the, the shows in all the world. Well, paint your wagon. <laughs> there are these shows, and you bring them up, and I think you can't help laughing. Like Brigadoon, paint your wagon, and like Finian's Rainbow. Whenever yeah. anybody mentions one of those three shows, I think everyone just starts starts giggling. giggling. But you're probably right, and there may like there may be more a Mormon character. Yeah, in here and there. Some of those but go it truly west doesn't stories. Yeah, deal with the the culture or the religion as much as, for sure, Book of Mormon and Angels in America. Yeah. Um, which I got really into, obviously, after I fully came out and was living in New York and I mm-hmm. read this book and I was like, oh my gosh, I am Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, I was Joe for a period of my life. I did three years in uh, reparative therapy to make me straight. Fun really? Fact, doesn't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry about it. Yeah. Learned, took, I wouldn't be sorry. Took no. 20K to learn that. Oh my gosh. Um, but, yeah, but it was... It, it it doesn't like there's nothing wrong with me, right? And that's what say. I want to shake Elder McKinley and be like, "There's nothing wrong with you." When I was in fifth grade, I had a friend, Steve Blade. Steve he and I were close as two friends could be. could be. One thing led to another, and soon I would discover I was having really strange feelings for Steve. I thought about us on a deserted island. Naked in the sea, and then he'd try and whoa, turn it off like a light switch. There, it's gone. Good for you. My hetero side just won. I'm all better now. Boys should be with girls. That's Heavenly Father's plan. So if you ever feel you'd rather be with a man, turn it off. Well, what is the? McKinley, I, I, I don't want to get super bogged oh, yeah. down on this, it's but you're so here, and I think these questions are worth asking as someone who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. What is the? Is what Elder Price says in in uh, in that song in Turn It Off correct? Well, Elder McKinley, I think it's okay that you're having gay thoughts, just so long as you never act upon them. You know, put it in a box and crush it. Is very. Very, it's just, <laughs> it's very accurate. Imagine that your brain is made of tiny boxes, then find the box that's gay and crush it! Okay? 
I crushed it for many a years. It didn't go anywhere. God, so, um, my heart is breaking for and you. And so over here. it was, you know, it was a big growing experience. And most of the men that I've been in therapy with have since come out fully. Mm-hmm. Um, a few have gone and married women. And one, like one guy specifically, he married a girl, and I was like, good for you. Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, because he's probably somewhere more on the bisexuality spectrum. Right. Then you have guys who are like. Kinsey six plus that are like right. I'm gonna marry a girl and you're like are you though um, I currently belong to an organization called Affirmation mm-hmm. um, which actually the LGBT Mormon organization um, we're nationally oh. recognized we are not an official mem- part of the church like the church does not endorse it mm-hmm. but it's started by members who are LGBTQIA affirming and allies and all that stuff um, and people who rec- um, call themselves are identify as SSA, which is just same-sex attraction. Sure. So we have, so that, and that group has everyone from guys who have, are people who are in same-gender marriages, people who are fully transgender, genderqueer, non-gender binary. So yeah, I, I want to, if you're a young gay woman, confused, there isn't a group called Affirmation. I didn't know they existed until I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it really helps. But I'm really interested in this idea with this show, especially being about, like we say, it's about belief and it's mm-hmm. about faith. And how that, as you say, it comes to a positive conclusion, which seems to be a conclusion I think most people come to uh, these days. And they're with their, there's a lot of people, I, know, I shouldn't say most people, a lot of people come to these days with their whatever religion they were brought up in mm-hmm. that what works for me works for me, what yeah. doesn't work for me doesn't work for me, and mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine living that, that gray matter existence yeah. somewhere in between. And that's what I met, uh, have learned more as an adult mm. um, was that I needed, especially for me moving to New York by myself. I had a cousin who lived up in Washington Heights, but I lived in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. like, and he eventually moved away. And so or he and his wife moved away and it was like, cool, I'm literally by myself here. So I needed some type of sure rock to hold on to. Absolutely. I needed, and, the, and for me, that was the Mormon church when moving to New York because there's still the same songs and the same teachings and the same... Mm-hmm atmosphere, the energy, the all of that is still very familiar to me. And I really held on to it, mm-hmm. um, especially through my coming out, was very a very spiritual experience for me. And so which is why I felt fully okay with coming out completely and mm-hmm. still going to church. I was still active in the Mormon church and openly gay for about four years. Oh, wow. And was fully accepted. And even after the policy change, um, my bishop in... Brooklyn, as well as the one in East Harlem where I moved to, they both reached out to me and said, you know you have a place here. Mm -hmm. You know this is a safe place for you. I know you may not feel safe within the entire church, but here where we are, you are safe here. That's nice. And which is great and which is amazing. And I think the absolute world of of both my church families in my ward families in Brooklyn and in East Harlem. That's really great. That's that's sort of the best of all possible Mm -hmm. worlds, I think, for that conclusion. Yeah. So when you moved, you moved to New York when you were how old? 25. 25. And just from Utah? From Arizona. From Arizona. So okay. I'm from Mesa, Arizona, which actually has the largest Mormon population outside of Utah. Okay. So we're number two. And so like of 3,000 kids that went to my high school, 1,000 of which were Mormon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's so a recognized a percentage. Lot, yeah. A very nice percentage. Um, yeah. And I grew up so indoctrinated. Like you don't, you don't ever have to have non-Mormon friends. Mm-hmm. You never have to ever branch out. And right. so- it's very easy to do the us versus them, mm-hmm. very much so growing up. And even now, I still like struggle with that a little bit, mm-hmm. just because it's so ingrained Absolutely. for me. And then I went to a college that was even like was like 50% Mormon, Eastern Arizona College, a oh. tiny school in a tiny town no one has ever heard of. <laughs> it was the best three years of my life. Um, 
Because you graduated early or because you left? I, I, I was Self-graduated like, I was like, early? I'm, I'm done. You're done? I'm yeah, done sure. with college. But I also- cause, Self-graduated. So I, I self-graduated college. Yes. But I also didn't start till I was 21 because the ages of 18, 19, and 20 were spent in reparative therapy. Oh, that's when you went so into reparative therapy. So that's when I went therapy. was right after high school. I didn't go on a mission. Oh. So, yeah. I know. I wish I could be a return missionary who could then speak on this. Right. Have a- even more different insight, but yeah. yeah, I have what I have. Um, <laughs> and then I went to college afterwards. Okay, and then so you were 24 at that point. I was 24 at like, that yeah, point. Yeah, this. Moved yeah. back to Phoenix, the Phoenix area. Yeah, and um, started working in theaters there, where I met my friend Clinton, who showed me the show. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to New York. To New York, yeah. At 25. At 25. Okay, that's gutsy. That's good. So yeah, I like that. That's, that's a, a bold. That's a bold. <laughs> that's a but bold. But I had been planning to move to New York since I was like three. Oh, I remember okay. watching Sesame Street, and like <laughs> when I told my parents, I was like, yeah. "I'm moving to New York." They're like, "Finally, okay, we get it now." <laughs> yeah. So I want to. I'm going to take a hard right turn. Okay. Now Let's out of the it. Mormonism, because yes. the other half of this show <laughs> is its unbelievable music theater. Oh. Ness. Yes. Yes. It is a classic Broadway show. Absolutely. It is. They took the wheel that was already invented and they said, plug a song here, 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 Mm -hmm. and make it a musical. Like, they took just the classic format. They didn't change one thing, which I think is the most genius thing about this show is that it's so classic and so, like, revolutionary. Well, it's revolutionary totally in its content. Yes. Yes. Format could not be more traditional if it tried and yes. it, it really tries to be as traditional as it's humanly yeah. as humanly possible yeah and i love the i mean south park bigger longer and uncut mm-hmm. is very much the same way in terms of structure it takes a very traditional musical structure yeah not 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 this traditional but follows a traditional mm-hmm. musical structure and is i mean it's a remarkable movie i mean one yes. thing if you if you go on youtube you can see trey parker and, and matt stone talk about story structure Endlessly, it's yeah. one of their big one of their big things, and, I, and it's very useful if you want to learn about story structure. Yeah. But so, aside from the Mormonism of it, what about this appealed to you as a music theater fan? What was it, what knocked you over the most? It tr- it has great songs for guys. Honestly, mm-hmm. as someone who's a singer, I listen to I believe even Hello, even just like all of those songs are fantastic, beautiful, fun songs. And even the, like, Hasadiga is a really fun, Mm -hmm. super great, well-done song. And just the jokes and the timing are really good. Especially Mm -hmm. the line, the, uh... Hasadiga, evil wife! Here's the butcher, he has AIDS. Here's the teacher, she has AIDS. Here's the doctor, he has AIDS. Here's my daughter, she has a wonderful disposition. She's all I have left in the world. And if either of you lays a hand on her, I will give you my aid. Oh! That's like that's so clever. Yes. To do that kind of thing, and that's the Bobby Lopez of it. He yes. is so clever, and I hate to bring up Frozen, but the no, first time I heard it was just on TV. Bring it up. The first time I heard when she said, the "Snow glows white on the mountain tonight, not a footprint to be seen." A kingdom of isolation, and it looks like I'm the queen. I was like, oh, dude, it's it's like, oh, that's a really good, like, yes, she's the kingdom of ice. Elation. Yes. Like, but he does that with a beautiful disposition. Yes. Like, he does. The, yeah, kind of the stretch. Well, he does, he's very good, and you can see it in Avenue Q, in Avenue Q also, as well. yeah. at playing with 
assumptions. He's yes. very, very good at playing yeah. assumptions. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, everyone's mind is going to go here, and I'm going to make it Going to slide there. over this way. Yeah. yeah, and he knows, especially in this show, I think this show is probably his best score to mm-hmm. me, of knowing when when those moments are appropriate and when those moments are not appropriate, yeah. when to lean harder on something else. Because I will have to say, sticking to Frozen for a second, there are moments like the We saw this spiraling in Frozen fractals all around. kind of like, oh, that's a little perfect. That's a little correct. I mean, he's absolutely legitimately accurate. That's yeah. what's happening. But would the princess in wherever we are and whatever year this is know what a fractal, fractal is? is? I just, I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe not. Yeah, I, I think this is an excellent, I think one of the smartest things that Trey Parker and Matt Stone did was get Bobby Lopez to write yes. this with them. Because yeah. it could have really easily gone down a very, his music theater knowledge as someone who had written uh, written Avenue Q and mm-hmm. and had done a Broadway musical and Avenue Q that plays with form yeah. also and lives on the musicals line, yeah, um, understanding the difference between writing a Broadway score and that sort of self-contained songs and scores they'd written for the South Park movies, where I think you could write it and then tweak it and then re-record it and then mm-hmm. fix it kind of while you're working on it, yeah, which seemed to be their way, yeah. Like where you have to write a whole score and present it to somebody who can then sing it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's this whole different skill set. Yeah. There was a documentary that I saw online around about when the musical came out. Um, I want to say it was like BroadwayWorld.com mm-hmm. or Broadway World. Somebody put it out there. And it was amazing because um, the origins of the show is um, Matt and Trey have always wanted to do something with Mormons because they're fun to make fun of. Right. Um, and... They went to go see – so Avenue Q came out and everyone's like, you have to go see the show Avenue Q. So they go see Avenue Q. They meet Bobby Lopez and they're talking. They're like, so what are you working on next? And Bobby Lopez says, I think I want to do something with Mormons. And they're like, shut up. So do we. <laughs> and it became this like weird friendship between them. Right. And they started essentially what is now Book of Mormon. Right. And it's just so fascinating to me that that's on their conscience of like – and, you know, and someone asked them, they said, why Mormons? Well, people said, honestly, they look like they're about to jump into song at any Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. Which is – Never a more true statement Absolutely. has ever been uttered. Yes. No, very – I mean, there, there. I occasionally see two guys usually on a mm-hmm. mission walking through my neighborhood and they look, yes, absolutely <laughs> ready to, about to... to just dance down the street. It's, yeah. it, it's actually what I think of all the time, which is not fair, is the uh, – I don't know why, but today seems like it's going to be a great day. There's something in the air that makes me feel like things are going to go my way. The birds are chirping, tweedly deet. The sun is shining bright. There's a skip in my step, a pep in my pep. And I don't know why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah and he's like right. coked out of his mind, yeah. Yeah, obviously. But like, that's the joke. <laughs> but it is that's the song I hear, that kind of bouncy, like, we're walking down the street, never taking the thing. Or, you know, that's that's how I feel. Yeah, they look, they just look so happy yeah. all the time. They yeah. do. And there's there's even one part when they first get to Uganda and it's like their first day. Mm-hmm. So they're really, they show up and they're like, two by two, we're marching door to door. And yeah. like, that's their attitude. Yeah. Is they're singing like, here we are, we're going to convert the world and change it and make everybody amazing. The attitude the characters have is, it's a really fine line. Mm-hmm. That they walk because they're so – it's all in front. It's all surface. Yeah. And what the characters in the show discover is their inner Is that they're actually Yeah, they're actually, their actual depth. Yeah. But when they show up um, – I mean, Arnold's an idiot. Yeah. And that's kind of his deal and he's very transparently an idiot. Yeah. A sweet idiot, but he's an idiot. And uh, Elder Cunningham – excuse me, oh, Price. Elder Price is – 
the good kid in class. But it's funny, I mean, two, two by two, when they get paired off, the things they know about where they're going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such it's a great... It's so true. Elder Cross and Elder Green, you will be serving in Japan. Oh, Japan! The land of soy sauce! And Mothra! It's the second thing. <laughs> that's what they know about Japan. Yeah. I mean, it is... Well, no, it's funny. So that that's part of the show that's actually wrong. Oh, so okay. Fun fact. All right. Um, when you find out where you're going in a mission, you actually get a letter in the mail. I figured as much. So you yeah. get a letter in the mail, and you open it up, and it says, "Dear Elder So and So, you have hereby been called to serve the people of blank mm-hmm. of the such and such mission." And so you know fully before you're, wherever you're going, you know well aware. But I've been to where they have like like opening parties mm-hmm. where you go and you every all you get all your friends there and all the families there, and they open it and they read. And, mm-hmm. um, but I've one guy he was called to Chihuahua, Mexico. And he literally opened it and he goes, you've been called to Chihuahua, Mexico, <laughs> Spanish speaking. This boy who like couldn't order at Taco Bell, like who right. doesn't have like any grasp of the Spanish language at all is like, I have to learn Spanish now? And the only thing he knows about Mexico is Taco Bell. Right. Um, and so it's like, okay. it's like, yeah. oh, here we, and so it's funny to see that, yeah, it's true. Those boys, some of them know where they're going and some of them have no idea. Right. Like, oh, Uganda? Like Lion what King? What is that? Like Lion King. Like, I guess, kind of. sure. Yeah, right. It, so, yeah. <laughs> it is also that, I mean, it's a good, it, traditional, again, traditional being, it's a mm-hmm. story about two wide-eyed boys from the farm basically coming exactly. to the big city, except the big city is, is Uganda. this, Uganda. Yeah. yeah. So they're learning about the truth about the world, that there yeah. is a big world outside, outside of, of their own experience. Yeah, that, where these rules don't apply. I mean, like, we talked about it a little bit, but, like, Elder Cunningham gets in trouble for making stuff up. Mm-hmm. Because the general teaching isn't working for the Ugandans. Yeah, he goes, no, no, there, there is. Like, I'll, I'll make this part up because you can't read English, and yeah. we'll just we'll just make it up. And it's a response to an issue where he can't convince them in the grand sense that like this thing they're doing is deplorable. Yeah. So I have to get super specific with it, which feels to me a lot like. I mean, it is religion. It is the sort of that's it how is. religions get 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 going. It is when I when I had watched that documentary or watched something. At one point, Cheyenne Jackson was involved. Oh. He was supposed to be elder, like in the like, oh, earliest of workshops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like the elder price. Hmm. Um, okay. And he, I heard some interview with him when it was first out, and he said something to the effect of, "He says, oh, it's essentially this story mirrors so much of how the actual church came to be.'" And I was like, "That doesn't make any sense." Until hmm. I saw the show, and I was like, "I could see." Where something is going on and they're like, Joseph Smith, where in that book says we can't do that? And he's like, yeah. oh, funny enough. Right. It's right here. Not that's that true. he would because that's like completely blasphemous. But at the same time, it, 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 yeah. it helps. It right. helps the situation that needs to be and to make humans a better people. Well, and it's also. And that's okay. It's it's the thing of like we, we, have a, we have a tendency to blame religion for being so specific. Mm-hmm. But that's what people want. Yeah. Like, it is answering a need. People don't come out with, like, a list of specific rules and everybody goes, okay. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, no, we want specific answers to specific questions, which is why churches that have, even ones that don't have strong central authorities, pronounce edicts. They make mm-hmm. rules that you have to live by. Like, so we're all living by the same code, so we all understand each other. Yeah. And it answers these big cultural questions that are confusing and scary for people. I mean, you know, so, yes, you're right. It is, and it's also the fact that nobody else could see. Nobody ever saw the plates. Yeah. He just wrote them down. You exactly. Know. There is something, I will say, one thing I got out of this show the first time I heard it, and I get it during All-American Prophet, mm-hmm. is there is something beautiful in faith. Yes. That does seem to be 
the kind of overall message here a little bit. There mm-hmm. is something beautiful in believing. In general, because yeah. that's when things start to really go right for these characters that they believe in each other and they believe mm-hmm. in, in in being good and helping each other and being together. It, the problems always come with the specifics. The problems always come with thinking things are going to be one way and they turn out to go another another way, which is Elder Elder Price's entire problem that he yeah. thinks he's going to go to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> he is so upset. First off, best. Orlando would be a terrible mission. I, honestly, because you can't go when you're on a mission. You can't go swimming. I didn't think so. You yeah. can't go to like Disney Disneyland, World. Yeah. Disney World. You can't like do all the fun stuff. If you just right. want the sunshine, I mean, sure, go. But then you're still stuck in Florida, right? Like, <laughs> I I mean, I'm sure it's better than Uganda in some yeah. ways, but I, yeah, I, that, that is, I mean, it's, it's a great joke that it's I Orlando, of course, that it's, it's the, yeah. his favorite place in the world is Orlando. I'm really interested in though this, it, it's kind of what's, what's funny about it when you wrote me an email, say what shows you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. This is like, in a lot of ways, your entire show, like the show is you to yeah. me as a music theater person raised Mormon. Yeah. It is like. It is living right at this intersection. It's right for you. at this weird intersection. So for when me. you saw it and when you heard it, would you say that the Mormon stuff was more what you were looking for? Like, what I'm interested in is how did it strike you first? Did it strike it's, you first as a Mormon or first as a as an MT fan? It struck me. I mean, hello, out the gate strikes me as a musical theater fan because it is a fantastic opening number. Mm-hmm. And it has that march to it. And they're always called the soldiers of the armies of the church. And they're oh, truly Christ, are of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, yeah. which I think is funny right there because it's the world's longest title for a religion. Well, that's, I've heard, really I've heard Trey the, Parker say that where he thinks the, the that song comes from the fact that he thought that the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints <laughs> is, a, is a silly, not silly, but it's an odd way to phrase that. It's an odd way to phrase. And that's why he keeps, at, they have the adding all those prepositional phrases. We are the army of the people of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. It's so, which is funny because it is the, like, I didn't even think about how long of a yeah. title it was. Um, just because you say the Mormon <laughs> church or the LDS church. Right. And you don't even think about it. Um, and so, but it, so that struck me. Well, hello struck me just because it's a great number. But there's also enough things wrong that I was immediately like, oh, well, they don't know anything about the Mormon church. I can't be offended oh, by this. Oh, really? There's things wrong right off the bat. Oh, like what? That I was like, well, the Aside fact, from the, the mission announcement. So the mission yeah. announcement. Which I think I can, I mean, for, for dramatic, me for dramatic structure, you can, I think you can forgive exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which makes sense for dramatic structure. Also, the fact that you're not paired up with the same person for the entire two years. You actually oh, really? change every six weeks. Oh. Every six weeks you get a new person. Well, you have the opportunity to get a new person. Sometimes mm-hmm. you stay with the same person, which I think would even make a funnier show is if they get paired up together the first time and they're like, okay, buddy, here we are. Right. And then they're like, great. He's like, good. Now time to change. Yeah. And he gets, why do you get second with him again? Right. But the third and fourth time he's like, come on. Okay. Well, like that yeah. could be funny. Um, but also when you first go out, you are there with a trainer. You're there with someone who's already been in the field. So you train some, you, you train under someone first who's already been in the mission for about a year or so. Mm-hmm. And then after, then once you become more experienced, you then start training people. I see. So you wouldn't send two green missionaries out together at the mm-hmm. same time. That would never make That wouldn't sense. make any sense, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else? I was trying to say, there's, I wrote down everything oh, wow. that they got wrong and got right. Approved dialogue is for real. Yes. The first time that I heard- Stick to the approved dialogue. Stick yeah. to the approved dialogue. Um, my friend had just gotten off his mission. He was in Susical with me as well. And they said, stick to the approved dialogue. And Ryan, my friend, lost it. It was the funniest <laughs> thing he ever heard. He's like, I hate when they say that. Because he's like, because he wants to like, you know, not 
change it, but like make it a little more dramatic or change well, just the have words the freedom to, or to, have the freedom yeah. to do whatever. And they would always be like, approve dialogue, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> and so he would, he laughed so hard because he's like, that's, that's real. That's a real thing. Um, what else? Oh, at one point, he said, Heavenly Father, where will I go on my mission? Will it be China or Old Mexico on my mission? Mexico is specifically a Western thing or a Mormon thing. My grandfather says it all the time. Oh, really? And he would always refer because there's old Mexico and New Mexico. And uh. especially in Arizona, there was a lot of polygamists. Um, and so polygamy was outlawed in the 18-whatever. So right. they all went down to what was Mexico, which was Arizona at the time. So that's okay. why a lot of Mormons settled in Arizona. And then we even went further south. There are still more what are known as the Mormon colonies in in uh, in Mexico. Okay. Um, in my college, we actually had a lot of kids from the Mormon colonies, and it's a mixture mm. of it's all polygamous ancestry that has since stopped polygamy. But they still have these like American, like the kids have dual citizenship. It's like right. a really interesting thing, mm. and so they always refer to it as my grandpa always called it Old, old Mexico, Mexico. Huh. and it was never just like oh we're going to Tijuana or Rocky Point, like we're going to Old Mexico. I wonder if that's a Southwest thing. I don't know if it's a Southwest thing or if it's yeah. a Mormon thing huh. or whatever. But I thought it was but, that's neat. Yeah, but yeah, I heard that and I was like, that's so weird that they would say that. Hmm. As far as the weird thing is, as far as doctrine, mm-hmm. they essentially get it all right. Well, I thought that like, was during, one of the, I believe. I remember one of the things being that them saying over and over again, we didn't make any of this up because otherwise that invalidates everything we're doing. Yeah. It is all just literally, it might not be phrased exactly the way you'd exactly. phrase it, but that. Is, that is the belief. There's nothing wrong. I remember yeah. friends after it would after it played on the Tonys. I had friends that were like, "That's disrespectful. That's awful." Because they did. I believe on the Tonys. Yes, they did. I believe that God has a plan for all of us. I believe that plan involves me getting my own planet. And I believe that the current president of the church, Thomas Monson, speaks directly to God. I am a Mormon. And I said, stop. Yes, it's done out of context. Right. But go, like, Mm -hmm. you you know exactly where to look to find all those facts Mm -hmm. according to the Mormon church. Yeah. So don't, uh -uh. Don't even. Let's not freak out now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. calm down. Oh, and every, like you say, every religion has at least one thing. Yeah. Where if I say it out of context, <laughs> it's real crazy. It sounds insane, and it might yeah. even sound insane in context. Like, yeah. it's a, but it is. It is that. That is what. That's where religion veers from philosophy, where there yeah. are these supernatural, which is what they mm-hmm. are, belief structures. Most of which have to do with that, the afterlife. I mean, yeah. that's the big because that's the big purpose of religion is to yeah. answer that question. The thing that I always that that's funny. I always used to get in conversations with with people who were raised Protestant. Mm-hmm. Is the big thing in the Catholic Church is that if you're Catholic and you go to a Protestant service, you can get communion. But if you go to if you're Protestant and you come to a Catholic service, you're technically not supposed to receive communion. Okay. Because of this thing called transubstantiation, mm-hmm. which is the Catholics believe that when the the bread and wine are consecrated during the Mass, they literally, and I'm using that word in its actual definition, yeah. the bread and wine literally transform into the body and blood of Jesus. Yeah. Which is also why you'll see them afterwards, like the the priest is like drinking all the leftover wine mm-hmm. and they're very careful about how they handle it because this has all now been consecrated. This is yeah, all like literally Christ's body. So it has to be stored and disposed of properly. Yeah. Um, and that is a big, that's a hang up. 
But it's like mm-hmm. uh, there are still a lot of Catholics I know who think like no, no, no we don't mean we don't literally mean it. It's like a figure. It's like, no, 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 no. Like literally, <laughs> that is what yeah. that is the that is Catholic doctrine. That's why the Protestants in general don't believe that, and that's why they don't receive mm-hmm. because they don't they don't take it on the same level. Interesting. So yeah, but it's these things. You know, you say yeah. that to somebody, like, and that even someone a who's off to me, thirty, forty years old, has been in the church their whole life, would be like. Yeah, but not literally. Like, we don't literally. Like, no, we literally. Like, that's literally what they say is happening. And believe it or don't believe it, that's up to yeah. you. But just so you know, but like, that's, priest, a, that's, that's what, what the priest thinks is happening. And yeah. that's what that's what the church teaches is occurring. Yeah. And, yeah, so I like, I mean, it's always funny to watch people get kind of high horse about quote unquote odd beliefs of yeah. other tenants and go, well, hang on. Let's, 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 let's have a seat for a minute and yeah. talk about. Let's talk about. Let's talk about whatever this. you like. Pick, Jackson County, Missouri. Pick, like, yeah. That that one. <laughs> and I still I was even looking. But, I was Googling. I was like, where is that from again? Because it's not specifically in the scriptures. It was somebody somewhere said something. And oh, is that that's not I in believe, the book of it might in the actual book? DNC, the Doctrine and Covenants. Sorry, that might be in the Doctrine and Covenants, which was books added in the 1800s. To oh, I see. That as well. to the, okay. So I think it's somewhere in there. I, it's been a minute. That the Garden of Eden was in Jackson County, Missouri. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's because that's always where. And that's what's funny about this show is that it that's where religion gets in trouble. Yeah. Is with these specific mm-hmm. moments. And every time a character in this show gets specific, they're in trouble. Yeah. So like Kevin wants to go to Orlando mm-hmm. and he ends up in Uganda. And uh Arnold want, you know, gets super specific with his interpretation of making <laughs> things up, obviously. But even the secondary characters have very mm-hmm. specific tenets by which they live their lives, which yeah. are having effects on everybody. I mean, you have General But Naked yeah. it has this very specific belief structure, which is obviously horrifying and and is incurring actual damage on the citizenry. Yeah. But even I can't remember her name. Nabalugi. Nabalugi yeah. has this sort of very specific belief. In the way in in yeah, Salt that Lake City in, Lake in Utah, City. which is just that's a great song. Yeah. That is a song I have to say. The first time I heard this recording, I didn't get okay because I had never seen the show, so I just mm-hmm. listened to the song and I thought, God, I wonder what the heck that's about. And yeah. then when you look at, I, I like really listened to it. I went, Oh, oh, I see what she's saying. This is her, I, it's this about is part Salt of Lake City, world. Utah. Yes, this exactly. Is her, right. This is the princess. Oh, it's her, song. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw in an interview with Nikki M. James, and they said. And she said, I have to treat this like I'm a Disney princess. This mm-hmm. is my Disney princess song. Oh, of yeah. everything. But what I love about that song is that she's like, oh, and I bet there the warlords there are friends. Oh, that lyric. Can't imagine what it must be like, this perfect happy place. I bet the good meat there is plentiful, and they have vitamin injections by the case. The warlords there are friendly. They help you cross the street And there's a red cross on every corner With all the flour you can eat And it's like, oh my gosh, that's her idea of normal. Right. So her her idea of normal then needs to be like up to magical normal, which means friendly warlords as opposed to mean warlords. As opposed to mean warlords, but not not no warlords. Exactly. Well, it's like I was thinking about this the other day because this is what I think Uh about when when it's quiet (laughs) is... I, I, I th- our perception of heaven mm-hmm. as always as as is always something related to this world. Yeah. So, for example, I mean, even the, even in the Mormon definition, and stop me when I make a total idiot of myself. <laughs> but this concept of getting your own planet, mm-hmm. it's still terrestrial. 
Yeah. It's still your planet. Yeah. It's not this other sort of plane of existence that we couldn't possibly comprehend because yeah. it exists outside of our three-dimensional way of perceiving the universe. Yeah. It's always like we're going to go – you're going to go someplace and you're going to meet the people you, you you know, died before you. And it's going to be like life just, just better yeah. in this sort of undefined way. way. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, – but that's what, you know, Salt Lake City is about is this sort of idea of – it sounds silly for her yeah. – for us to hear her talk about her idealized view of the world. Mm-hmm. But you can imagine – how silly it must sound to whatever the higher being is to yeah. hear us talk about that. Like, we're going to be able to fly. That'll yeah. be awesome. So when you, how often does this show come up for you? Something you listen to? It's on my regular like shuffle. It's on my, mm-hmm. like it'll go, it'll come through. It's like, it's on the algorithms enough on my phone to where to like, it'll come up. Hello or Salt Lake City will come up on the semi-regular. Mm-hmm. Um, that and the very last song, the finale song will come up with uh, today's a latter day. Mm-hmm. That'll come up. Those those top th- are probably my top three. Is that a saying? It is not a saying. Okay. I have never heard it. <laughs> I have never heard it. That's why I think it's I read that in there. It's a sweet melody when he first sings "Tomorrow the... Is a Latter Day." Yeah, yeah is and that? It's a great attitude to have. What which is, is like? So I will ask, on behalf of uh-huh. all, not what is a Latter Day Saint? So a Latter Day Saint is a. We believe that the ch- we believe that the church is the same church as was organized in Christ's time. Gotcha. So the exact same structure as was. That Christ initially read, okay. led, and it was lost for many, many years, and then came back in the late 1800s with the Joseph Smith. Right, um, and we believe it's the same structure. So we are the same as the saints then, as we are now. We call ourselves the saints. Members of the oh, church are known as saints. I so we see. are the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So we are the saints of now. So, so in, in this in this structure, there was the church. And then the church disappeared from the earth for mm-hmm. an extended period of time. Yes. And then came back. Yes. I see. So there is a direct connection. So latter day simply means now, like now. later. Now. Later an day. emphasis yeah. on the latter. Okay. Which, so yeah, tomorrow is a latter day wouldn't make any sense like yes. actual, as an actual thought. Okay. Yeah, no. That, you would never. It's a lovely song. It's but a yeah. lovely song. And it makes, <laughs> and I think even written down here in my notes of like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Like nobody says that. Yeah. Um, it's very sweet though. It's very sweet. One thing I love about this show is that they're truly like, quote unquote, mm-hmm. a offensive parts Mm -hmm. come through miscommunication. What do you think the offensive parts are? Well, like in Hasidiga, for me, that was like, I was like, wow, that's the first like shocking offensive, like, oh. The the statement itself? The statement itself. I see, okay. The actual blasphemous statement. The blasphemous statement. And it's because of miscommunication of the elders are like saying it along, like, oh my gosh, that's great. So the first time I heard that song um, was with another Mormon in my cast and he... He got up and walked out the second that he found out what it was. Really? He was literally like, nope, because I a think he was far. looking for something to be offended at anyway. But he, like, <laughs> got up and left. Wow. And then we, after he calmed down, I had to talk with him because we were driving home. And I said, now, what do we know about the basics of storytelling? Right. One, these are elders. Their job is to come in and change people's minds. Two, these people have one way of thinking at the yeah. very beginning of the show. So... If yeah. we know anything, if the story goes as we think it's going to go, mm-hmm. they're going to change their minds, which right. they do. The very last line of the song, yes. song is essential. Our long last line of the show is um, whatever the thing yeah. phrase is. Thank you, Yes, 
you, people are going to be offended by that first statement, as are the Mormon missionaries. Right, because who are offended? I who mean, are once, offended? They're yeah. like, whoa, you can't say I mean, that. Arnold takes a few minutes to get, take, he, to get out of the he song. Eventually he eventually clues in. <laughs> yeah, but Elder Price is instantaneously offended yeah. and does the, you can't say that. Yeah. Yeah, which gets the response, we'll come live here. Yeah. We'll then maybe you'll see what you say. Exactly. Uh, I think a lot of different religions would find that. People yeah. could find that offensive. Yeah. Is there anything that was sort of Mormon-specific offensive? There wasn't anything Mormon-specific offensive because they didn't do enough to, like, aside from just, like, poking at us mildly. Right. Like, there's really not much you can do. Yeah. Like, okay, They don't fine. get into any, I will say, they don't get into any of the, and I haven't seen the show, so maybe there's some of this in the okay. book and you can you can answer that uh-huh. question. But there's none, like, they don't make fun of the underwear. They don't. They have. They show the underwear, but they don't make fun. They don't of make it. fun of it. They don't make fun of polygamy. They don't even talk about polygamy. Right. Once. These. these yeah. The low hanging fruit is completely avoided, which I think is really smart on their. Part. Oh, I completely agree. It's very smart because, yeah, because that's that's not where the joke is. That's the go to joke. Whenever that's the joke you're expecting. Exactly. You're always expecting that this mm-hmm. is going to be a show about a bunch of polygamists in funny underwear yeah. saying dumb stuff, and it's not yeah. that at all. It is a you know. Yeah. It uses Mormonism. Like you say, it's a springboard for a group of people who are ready to burst into song yeah. at any given yeah. moment. For me, the weirdest part is was the set, the set decoration. There were pictures. Oh, okay. So when they go to their house, the the mission house in Uganda that they're all staying in, there's pictures on the walls that are literally in my grandparents' house. Oh. That are literally in church buildings. Like it's not difficult to get these prints or whatever. Right. But the fact that they're there. What are the pictures? There's pictures of the prophet, picture of Thomas mm-hmm. S. Monson. Which, so in in is Thomas I believe, Monson still president of the church? Thomas Thomas Monson is. Okay. But no one would ever call him Thomas Monson. Oh. It would be Thomas S. Monson or President Monson. You would always use oh, this the it full scan, name. Though. It's like Stephanie J. Block. Right. You know, you'd always say the J. Um, but so it doesn't scan. It doesn't. <laughs> it's the only thing, and it's the one thing that bugs me. Oh, that's a that shame. I'm like, Ugh. what else? Oh, they're the garments that they wear in the show are wrong. Oh, really? So they they're wearing like the onesie style, which stopped somewhere in like the 80s. Sure, was like these onesie style. Um, now that's just like it's shorts and a shirt, and they're the ugliest things on earth. <laughs> they are. When I meet, whenever I had one guy who'd be like, he's like, that's really like. Are they kind of hot? And I was like, no. no. Yeah. No, it's like my dad in like like shorts down to Are his knee and a t-shirt. Hot? Like, no. But they're kind of the unsexiest thing on earth. So please, please don't. Kind of on purpose, right? Uh, on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I think right. so. Yeah. They're meant yeah. for chastity and very much And be so. plain. I mean, it's- And, and to be plain. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that is such a funny- This is such a well-written show. It's and it was a tremendous- show. I mean, it was a smash on this. It's still a pretty big smash. Uh, yeah, it still. It's still is it, I don't think it's on well. TKTS yet. Uh uh-uh. uh Last time I was in, maybe every was now, in maybe New York, a Wednesday matinee every now and pops again. Pops up. Yeah, but it still but isn't something. That and Lion King and Wicked, like you're not going to find on TKTS. Which are just so funny that those are the three. Oh, the three. I mean Hamilton, Hamilton obviously, but like those are the show. I mean, this is the newest of those three. This has been mm-hmm. running since 2011. Yeah. Um, we looked before. It was nominated for, what do we say, 14 Tony Awards? Nominated for 14 Tonys. And it won nine Tony Awards. I mean, it wow. is just, yeah, it, it's a big, it was a powerhouse. It mm-hmm. was an, an an absolute, and I mean, if you look at the shows that were up also that year, I mean, it's it's Catch Me If You Can, Scottsboro Boys and Sister Act with the other musicals. Oh, yeah. Which are not. They weren't as, like, they yeah. were great. They weren't. Book of Mormon. Well, certainly not. I mean, but very few things. Although Norbert Leo Butts won. I yeah. Mean, for, and Sutton Foster won for Anything Goes. I mean, it was a pretty, yeah. there was a lot of stuff that was kind of more right. traditional. This beautiful. show really, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times, but this show really walks a very fine line yeah. for something that would be 
is so accessible and mm-hmm. on some levels very broad and yeah. very, you know, in your face, like we say, sometimes very offensive and, and could be viewed as certain jokes could be viewed as cheap and sort of things. Mm-hmm. This walks a really fine line of never completely getting unrealistic. Everything yeah. is exaggerated and heightened and sometimes a little bit broad, as I say, but it is grounded yeah. in a in a something that feels very real. These characters have real wants, needs, and desires. I mean, yeah. like uh, to go on the fact that all Arnold wants is for his father not he doesn't even want him to like him, just not to be ashamed of him, exactly. which is just such a like, oh my god, kid, <laughs> <laughs> the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and nobody gets what they want. No. Which is a hallmark of a great story to me, mm-hmm. is that it should always be, you know, it's a, like we learn about in English class in high school. There's like the journey is the thing. Like mm-hmm. what you actually are striving for, you're never going to get because that's not what's important. Yeah. The journey's important. Arnold's father's probably more disappointed in him than, than ever, ever at the end of it. Because now he's been kicked out of the mission. Right. And Kevin started is, his own blasphemous religion. Exactly. Kevin wanted to be, you know, super Mormon in Orlando. Uh-huh. He's getting neither of those yeah. things. And and uh, and what's her name? You pronounce it. He wanted to go to Salt Lake City. She's not going to go. Yeah. But. But they've achieved this, Im- not what they wanted, they've achieved this thing that they didn't know they wanted yeah. here in Uganda and everything's better. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. all good probably, but it's certainly better. Yeah. And has this real kind of, I mean, such a satisfying conclusion, which is not something you see in a lot of, like comedies have a lot of problems with endings usually. And it's this has really a beautiful true. ending. Yeah. It has a great ending and a great message. The best part about this message is he says, We are still Latter-day Saints, all of us. Even if we change some things, or, or, or we break the rules, or we have complete doubt that God exists, we can still all work together and make this our paradise planet. And even mm-hmm. someone who's grown up as Mormon, I never consider that concept of like, how on earth am I supposed to one day make my own planet if I can't figure out my life now? Right. Like, make your planet now. Mm-hmm. Make your life, make it what it's supposed to be now in practice for. So often in the church, they say that this is a test. This is our... our being here on earth is the test to, you know, figure out where you go right. after afterwards. And so if we can't figure out how to make our paradise planet here, how on earth are we going to do it later? Do it later, yeah. And I find that – and that's something that didn't – who has grown up in the church his entire life, that didn't occur to me until I saw it on stage in the show of all, mm-hmm. of all places. That I was like, oh my gosh, that's what that means? Yeah. That's what they've been talking about all this time. Like, yeah. Like that's when it hit me. And I was like, I took Book of Mormon the musical to make me understand a very deep, more actual Mormon doctrine. And it's a pretty, it, and it, it's a great, it, like, it's yeah. also a common belief. I mean, it yeah. is. The, it's this whole like, if you read self help books and things, it's all mm-hmm. don't delay your happiness, don't yeah. do think. It's make this where you like be where you are, yeah. and be that the best possible version of whatever that is. Yeah. And is which is also which is religion and philosophy at its best mm-hmm. is the is the presence and awareness. But there is always this when you're chasing the afterlife. And you're exactly. worrying so much about tomorrow. I mean, it's even there's 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 a scripture quote for you from from the book of Matthew, the, mm-hmm. you know, which is, I also know because it's frankly because it's in God's spell. <laughs> and it says, "Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself." I mean, yeah. it is this sense of like you have to be present and be you here. can make this life the best life. It's a, I mean, it's it, yeah, it's a it's a phenomenon of a show and absolutely, yeah, just one and of the best. Still doing well and still delighting people. Mm-hmm. Like it's still a funny show. I, I just love it. Mm-hmm. It really holds up with time still. I mean, though it's been, what, five years? But still, it's but that, selling that can amazing be, That can be an years. eternity. I mean, yeah. that is, especially in New York. I mean, those shows that, you know, like you say, Lion King, Wicked, and Chicago, which are the three shows that oh, are, yeah, they're all in the top five, I mm-hmm. think, longest running, at least the top ten longest yeah. running Broadway shows, and they're still running. 
Like Lion King's a family show. Wicked is on balance a family show. Yeah. And Chicago is Chicago. I mean, that yeah. has its, its own ethos it is, around it, it now. Whereas the if you had to pick how long the Book of Mormon was going to run, I would have said, oh, this will run for two years. Yeah. And then that will Yeah, be like that. it'll recoup. Why not? Yeah. But, but then I think the first time I knew how big of a phenomenon it was was when it came on the tour and it came here. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I said, well, we'll get tickets. And we were like, – it was gone. Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't find a ticket anywhere for it. It's yeah. still tough to get a ticket there yeah. in New York. It still sells really well. Like if you really truly want to see it, just play the lottery. Right. Like you have to go and play the lottery if Which you I really want to see it. Which I think is really to its strength of not being – of being of – of not being an attack on – Mormonism, because I yeah. think even if you're not Mormon, you're that will make like, you very uncomfortable to watch somebody yeah. attack another person's religion. Like that makes me very yeah. uncomfortable, right yeah. or wrong. No matter what, whether I agree is. or not. Like yeah. don't let like that's that's it, it. Feels like you're kicking someone who can't kick back, almost yeah. in that sense. But if you're going to have a critique on belief, mm-hmm. parody music theater, and use like what would be inarguably Mormon doctrine as your as as a as a through line, yeah, then. You're in this very in between, like I say, but great space to be yeah. like whatever. Like yeah. this is this is just a wonderful. Everybody can, and if the, especially with I, I as we started saying, like the Mor- the Mormon Church's reaction has been absolutely perfect. Yeah, to this, to just it be has. Like, yeah, and it's just been so smart. And they started putting up stuff in Times Square, mm-hmm. more stuff in Times Square as well. Yeah, of just especially around Christmas time, like reason for the season, right? Stuff like that, and you're like, oh, that's really because as soon as you finish watching the show, you go out, you there walk and out, and you're like, oh. Maybe I will. (laughs) Because that's all. Because it ends with like, Mormons are still good people. Yeah, Mormons are weird, but they're still good people. Right. Yeah. Because they get kicked out, but they're still holding on. Like they've created their Mm -hmm. own version of Mormonism, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all. Yeah, it is really that. I have to say that response really made me feel good because it shows every time you see, especially in America, um, a member of a religious organization screaming about being offended or, or any of that. I always feel like we've they've lost the big picture a yeah. little bit. Like, what do you do? You believe what you're saying so slightly mm-hmm. that I can shake you this easily? Like, I haven't said anything, or we haven't. This is this is nothing. Like, this is a movie. Like, are yeah. you a play or something? You really like this is what you're gonna you know? But with the it really made me go. Oh, these the the church seems they have the courage of their convictions. Like, yeah, this is yeah we believe this. Come check it out. Exactly. Or don't. And it really makes you go, okay, like that's the way I feel it should work. <laughs> the way it should be. I wish they had a slightly more enlightened view of of same sex marriage and mm-hmm. and and the way it'll get there. Yeah, it'll get there. I, I'm One glad day. to hear you say that. That's One day. Really... Well, I heard a, there's a uh, there's a guy named Derek Knox who is a he lives up in Boston. He's part of Affirmations. How I met mm. him. He is a religious scholar who joined and openly gay, and who joined the church like nine months ago. He joined oh, after wow. the policy. And I was like, mm, stop. Right, yeah. Wait, Why? the whole, like, a heap of people left because of the policy, yet mm-hmm. you have this openly gay, like, gay rights activist mm-hmm. joining the church because of it. And his belief is, he says, um, he says, I feel the church is actually the only, so the Mormon church is the only church that's actually um, has, it's, what am I trying to say? That is on the trajectory to actually accept LGBT people. Um, in the church, we hmm. refer to each other as brother and sister, whatever. So right. if you went to my church, you'd be Brother Flynn. Right. All the, everyone just referred to you and your wife, Brother and Sister Flynn. Hmm. Um, and he says, the fact that you call me Brother Knox means you've already redefined the family. And oh, okay. he starts there. And it's really interesting His because we also believe in um, we believe in marriage not only being here on earth, but also eternally, oh, yeah. eternally onto the other side. And he says, that is showing you that gender and sex exist on the other side mm-hmm. and that attraction exists on the other side. So why would I be made attracted to one person here 
but yet not be attracted to the person on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like that. That to me says that this tr- attraction is also fluid to the other side. Okay. And I was like, that's so interesting. He has he had a great speech about it. That that's was really nice. Fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, Derek Knox looked him up. Sure. Um, really, but just has great views on Mormonism, religion in general, and then with the LGBT focus on it. Mm-hmm. Really fascinating. Wow. But yeah. That's really, well, that does, that should give you hope. That's a really, yeah, yeah I can see and why I, And I believe it, it does. Um, and he also said that because we were polygamy for so long and we right. had to swing so far away from polygamy to then be the most nuclear of families that it kind of, everyone in, in the middle kind of got Yeah, got dropped out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, it's slowly. And it's very slowly. Slowly swinging slowly. back to the, yeah. to the center. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, it, it, it seems that there's a place for, I mean, everything evolves and everything changes and everything mm-hmm. grows. And if it doesn't grow, it's dying, I yeah. mean, frankly. And it seems to me that the tighter people hold on to these ideas just because that was the way mm-hmm. they were brought up or that's just because that's what their parents were taught yeah. and then taught them without thinking about it. You know, it's that ability to... It's the ability to question your own beliefs without, like, crying yeah. at the end of it. I mean, well, it yeah, is... Not, like, completely giving up. The okay. unexamined life is not worth living. And and I think that's more important now than ever, mm-hmm. this sense of, like, there is there is a community in a larger sense than we are responsible to. Call yeah. it what you want. Call it nature. Call it earth. Yeah. Call it God. Call it Heavenly Father. Call it whatever you want. There is something larger that we need to push for. And I think this show... Does that? It could so easily end the show with like, and religion's bad. Bang. Exactly. And we're done, and it closes out of town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, would, it, it really would does. Make it pass, yeah. All the same songs, the all speed. the same whatever. It, it, it a show like that closes mm-hmm. out of town. This show really has a fully real, not only fully realized characters and an excellent score, but a fully realized philosophical idea. Yeah. And that is. And well executed. Remarkable. And executed in a way that really makes you pay attention. Thank you so much for coming down. So you're, you're at the National doing... Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical, um, from now till the 31st. This will be after that. This so. will be after that. So, <laughs> you know so you what? Were here. When it comes to a city near you in the next right. couple of years, All um, right. go and see it. Is there anything coming up after, um, I, after the new So year? I'm a supernumerary at the Metropolitan Opera. I do okay. non-singing acting roles yes, in the opera. Yes, I was a super for a while. Where are you? Here. Where at? I was. Uh, at Washington, at the uh, Summer National? Opera Theater Company. No, no, no. no. In, in town. It's a small, oh, much nice. smaller. Um, so I'll be in Carmen when I get back to the city. Oh, January, right. February, I'll be in Carmen. Um, I'm also real excited. I'm taking improv classes at UCB. Oh, all right. So I'll have a show at some point in February. February, March. I okay. When. I think it's March. Right on. Um, but yeah, I take my first class when I get back, which I'm really excited about. The original cast was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Jeffrey Madison, Tom Fish, Imani Mular, and the tireless staff of students who run the front desk. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. You can email us at OriginalCastPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to the original cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please give us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. My thanks to Jensen Clifford for coming down and talking to me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. (laughs) 